Well, we always look for opportunities, right? I mean, what what is the most distressed asset right now? It's hotels. What's the best performing assets? Multifamily. Go from the most distressed to the best asset, you make a lot of money. Welcome to How to Buy Giant Apartment Buildings, the number one show about growing your family's wealth with apartment building investments. Now, here's your host, Mark Alan Kenny. Hey, everybody. Welcome to How to Buy Giant Apartment Buildings. I'm Mark Alan Kenny. Our guest today is James Kandasamy. How are you doing today, James? Hey, good, Mark. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it. So James is the host of the Achieve Wealth podcast. His firm, Achieve Investment Group, has a portfolio of approximately 2,000 units for a total of $180 million in assets under management. James is also the author of the best-selling book, Passive Investing in Commercial Real Estate. So James, thanks again for taking the time today. Could you tell the listeners just a little bit more about your background and how you first got started in real estate? Sure. Well, I mean, I'm an electrical engineer with an MBA. Started in real estate in 2013 with single-family houses. We did that for two years, buying like 13 houses, and we start moving into multifamily after that just because... Uh, you know, for the sake of uh, scale, right? And how quickly we can scale. So since 2016 to now, we own like almost 2000 units and that's like, you know, single GP ownership, right? So we are the only GP, right? So apart from our in- passive investors, right? Uh, and, and we are vertically integrated as well, which means we have asset management, property management, construction management, everything in-house within the same company. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So when when you first started with the houses, were you, I'm presuming you were purchasing just on your own with your own capital? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Houses were all my own. My own. Yes, yeah. correct. And at what point did you, as you got into multifamily, at what point did you get into the syndication structure and, and taking, uh, you know, outside investors? Well, immediately. The first apartment itself, we did syndication. Okay. 45 units. Yeah, yeah. I think we... We needed like almost four to five hundred thousand of down payment for that house uh, for that forty five units at that time. Okay, and how long ago was that? That's five years ago. Okay. Well, it's two thousand sixteen. So what? Maybe yeah, around five years. Yeah, very cool. And you you mentioned something that it's everything's owned under single GP ownership. Could you kind of explain mm-hmm. to the listener what you mean by that? Well, they just mean me as being the GP. And everybody else is uh, investors, right? So a lot of times you see syndication, there's like multiple partners. Like sometimes you can go to like seven to 15 partners in one, right? So here we do everything. I mean, we means me and my wife, right? So we do asset management, we do construction, we do property management, raise the money and find the deals, financing everything by ourselves, right? So, but we do have staff working for us. We have almost 45 people working for us with five to eight people on the corporate side. Nice, nice. How did you navigate that when you're first starting out? Because if you're doing everything, you know, those are different skill sets, underwriting deals compared to having conversations with investors. How did you navigate all that when you were first starting and and kind of uh, figure out how to delegate those different duties? That's a really good question. Until recently, we didn't realize how big of a portfolio my wife and I were having. (laughs) And two of us were running the entire show. So now recently we started hiring all these corporate people, right? A COO, an executive assistant, an analyst and all. This is like past three months ago, right? So six years, two of us were doing it. And which we sometimes we realize, huh, I see some big companies with 2,000 units. They have like 30 employees just on the corporate. And we were realizing, oh, maybe we are overstretching ourselves, right? So coming back to your question, 
so my wife and I, we have uh, distinct uh, roles and responsibility, but I still take care of the underwriting myself and asset management and investor relationship. So that's something that I do. And she does the construction and the property management side. But the asset, I mean, the raising the money and, you know, underwriting is both my skill set. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And then that first deal, did you have any sort of coach or mentor to help you get that done? How, how did you kind of go? Yeah, from I did have house, a mentor. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I did. I did have a mentor, one from, uh, you know, local in Texas, the other one's from Boston and both gave me two different perspectives, right? Texas one was giving more of uh, how to manage tenants, uh, lease, leases and all the more on the operation side. Mm-hmm. Whereas the one from Boston is like how to find off-market deals, you know, how to underwrite deals, you know, how to analyze sub-market and all that, which is, which is a really good skill to learn from, right? So yeah, these two mentors really, really, really helped me navigate, uh, you know, my initial investment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. That and both sense. are important. Both are important skills. Mm-hmm. And has your strategy changed much since that first deal? You know, 45 units, have, have you kind of stayed in that range or, or are you doing bigger properties or what, what's changed since? Oh, we are doing bigger, prop, big, much bigger properties right now. Our strategy has changed in many ways, right? So we started with 45, then went immediately to 174 and then 115. And we start buying 300, you know, 300 plus units, 200 plus units, what we have been buying. That has been the class, we, we started with class C and now we are more on the Bs, you know, 1980s and above, 1990s, what we are looking at. And we started doing more, you know, ground up construction right now and still buying the repositioning deal, but we're doing ground up construction. We're also doing some hotel to multifamily conversion because that's the best thing to do right now during yeah, COVID. Yeah. Are those deals in Dallas as well? That's all in uh, one in San Antonio, one is near Dallas, and we have a few that we are in the works. Right okay. Now. Yeah. Can you walk us through one of those deals? So, what, what's what do you look for? You know, hotel owners are struggling right now. What do you look for as far as the ability to convert something? Because those rooms are small, so I'm guessing you're you're taking two or three different hotel rooms and making them into one multifamily unit. No, no, I'm not telling any of those ah. secrets out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Okay, I can tell you. I can tell you all the secrets. And there's none of your listeners going to do what I want to do because it's a lot of work, right? right? So we live in abundance mentality. I can tell you everything, okay? So no, so the hotels that we look for is like more, so there's few types of hotel conversion, right? Some of it, they, yeah, they buy one and they do into two bedrooms. They put in kitchenettes and all that, right? So we are not doing that type of hotel conversion because that's a lot of work. And, you know, you have to buy it at a really good price that we have a lot of patience, a lot of rehab money, and there's a lot of things can go wrong. I mean, I haven't come to that stage yet where I'm doing that, but I like to just keep it studios, keep it as studios. One we're doing right now has studios and also already have two bedrooms, a multifamily, right, bed condo. So we're just doing rezoning and, uh, you know, keeping the studios as it is. So we're not doing a lot of work on it. We are still searching out whether we need to put sprinkler systems and all that, but we did budget for it. And at kitchenettes, most of the deals already have kitchenettes, but running it as a studio as it is and the two bedroom as it is, right? But but we are looking at other deals where, you know, we may have to install kitchenettes or it's partially kitchenettes, but it's a small size unit. Uh, but, you know, you can, I mean, there's definitely market for small size unit, right? So you have to make sure you buy it right so that, you know, once you put in rehab, you still have a big upside of you getting it to the, a smaller studio in the submarket. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That seems like a great opportunity right now in today's market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, we always look for opportunities, right? I mean, what what is the most distressed asset right now? It's hotels. What's the best performing assets? Multifamily. So when you go from the most distressed to the best asset, 
you make a lot of money. Yeah, I love it. Right. So, I mean, I mean, as you know, multifamily is not easy to make deals number work. Everybody's overpaying to get deals done, right? So, <laughs> not everybody. A lot of people are doing that, right? Just want to do deals, yeah, but you overpaid for it, yeah. So, but doing this hotel to multifamily conversion uh, takes a lot of skills. Uh, at the same time, uh, you have to find the right deal that matches it, and there's a lot of process involved, like zoning, rezoning, working with the city, and all that. Right? So, it's, it's a complicated thing. You make a lot of money on it. Is that the biggest risk, the, the the zoning, or do you can you get something with an option to buy it and figure out the zoning before you close, or, or are you taking? The- yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. we do. Okay, we nice. Do. Right, but the thing is, yeah, you don't close on it and later figure out for right. zoning. You don't do that, <laughs> right? You do it on the contract, right? But uh, their biggest risk is like once you convert, you know, you at zero occupancy, and but your expenses are, you know, it's full full blown, right? So how do you cover your expenses while? You have zero occupancy, right? So you have to quickly lease up. So it's basically a lease up project. Right, right. Yep, that makes sense. So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about your book. So Passive Investing in Commercial Real Estate, you know, what made you write the book in the first place? And, and can you talk a little bit about what readers can expect when they read your book? Sure, absolutely. So I wrote it like, what, maybe like three, four years ago. I started like even two years before that, right? So the reason why I want to write that book, because first of all, syndication, um, Private syndication seems to be like, you know, only the big uh, wealthy guys knows about it or there's some clubs knows about it. And the second thing is, it's like a lot of investors think that real estate is a commodity, right? Uh, you know, any deals thrown to them, they can make money. So a lot of times when investors are get introduced to this private syndication, they become very excited. They start, if they have a million dollars, they start to use all the whole one million in, in all the deals that they, comes in front of them. So there's no science behind selecting deals. So I wrote the book to create that science, to give that education to people. How do you select deals? What's your investment life cycle on your own that you matches to that what deal is being presented? So there's a lot of science behind passive investment, right? How do you select sponsors? What kind of asset do you look for? What kind of market do you look for? When do you look for in the market? What kind of cash can you use, right? Uh, how do you select a, uh, a sponsor? How do you communicate with the sponsor? How do you attract your sponsor to talk to you and all that? There's so many science behind it. It's not like, you know, you just throw your money and somebody's going to let you invest and you're going to make tons of money. No such thing. So that's why I wrote the book so that I can educate my investor base or whoever coming to me. I usually get them to make sure that they read my book first because they'll be a very educated investor. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right. So, and that's important, right? Because when the rubber meets the road, you know, they, everybody have to understand where we are going, right? And it's just so easy when people understand that. And that's why I wrote the book. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That makes a lot of sense. So do you have any advice as kind of the first step? I mean, besides reading the book, what what's kind of the, the, the first step to investing? Would you recommend researching sponsors first or markets first? Or where does a person first get, get started? Sponsors, absolutely. Absolutely. The sponsors find the right sponsors. There are a few alpha sponsors out there. If you can build relationship and continue building relationship with them, they can make you very wealthy. And markets and deals all is the icing on the cake, right? So, but sponsors are the most important. So select your sponsors, always bet on the jockey, not on the horse. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So the subtitle of your book is Insider Secrets to Achieving Financial Independence. Could you share one or two of those secrets or or something that a lot of people might not know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things, how do you find the right sponsor, right? When I mean, talk to a sponsor, you know, people throw you an Excel spreadsheet with nice, very colorful performa and, and webinars and high cash and cash return or high IRR. What's behind that is what's most important. As I said, one of the secret is, it's not the Excel spreadsheet that they're showing you because it's all performa, right? 
perform as a projection of investment, right? So find sponsors which has good track record, who have delivered what they say they're going to deliver. Sponsors who maneuver through, you know, issues that comes in, right? There's a lot of issues in property management, right? Your building can go on fire. How does a sponsor manage their insurance costs? How do they select insurance? All that is unforeseen circumstances that you will not see when you start investing into a deal, right? So, so that's one of it. The second is, you know, finding what type of investment types that matches your personality and where you are in your investment cycle. If you are in a later part of your age where you want low risk but high cash flow, look for a core or yield play deals. If you are young, why you care so much about the cash flow? You look for equity appreciation. So you look for sponsors who focuses a lot on value add and deep value adds. So there are things that people really don't don't talk about, right? So, and of course, I have like an advanced version of the whole thing, right? Where we calculate on putting a numerical value for all that. But I think I think it's important that people understand there are there are some science behind all this passive investing. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think I think that's super smart. We've had that conversation with other guests as well, and you know the sponsor is so important. And if if there's a way that you can get a verified track record and just see how many exits the sponsor has had, what those returns have been, because you're right. I mean, the pro forma could look great on paper, but unless they've been out there and 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 closed on a few properties and, and sold them and, you know, paid back investors, that's the most important thing. Yeah. I mean, not only exits. I mean, exits is very, very misleading because, yeah, I mean, everybody would have exited very nice number in the past 10 years. Right? Not everybody, 95%. They're 5% still messed up, right? So people have lost money as well. I mean, no, not many people talks about it, right? But 95% of sponsors would have made really nice exits because the market went up. Not because of them, right? So doesn't mean they are the best sponsor, right? Every everybody is a champ in a bull market. So, but I think what they can look at is like how much did the value add by the sponsor? Did they select a really good investment? Did they increase the value by their own effort or by them doing something to that property that increases rather than yeah, I bought. I mean, everybody in Austin and Dallas who have bought it like three five years ago would have made three hundred percent. So if a sponsor made two hundred percent, does that mean he's a good sponsor? No. The 300% was created by market. If you made 200%, you basically underperformed the market. That is not a good sponsor. Yeah, that's a great right? point. But exit-wise, exit yeah, of course, they are great, but they are not really great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if someone bought it in a tertiary market, right? Like say for, so for a market which nobody knows, and he, I mean, the market really didn't appreciate by even 200%, but he made 250%, that's an awesome sponsor. Right. So you have to look at all these details rather than just exit because exit can be misleading, especially for the past 10 years where multifamily is going like crazy. I mean, the whole real estate market has gone crazy for the past 10 years. Right. I mean, when you bought a HUD house in, in Austin, you would have appreciated three times. It's that time of the show for a segment called Best Deal, Worst Deal, where we talk about real estate transactions that you've done in the past so that others can learn from your knowledge and expertise. So James, with that said, what's the best real estate deal that you've done? Best one is 174 units uh, that we bought. We made uh, made like $6 million in 12 months on a refi. And that building is cash flowing infinite because it's cash flowing like six to seven percent on the original investment but basically it's an infinite return and we return all our money to our investors in 12 months and we still have it until now nice what was the original investment we bought it at 37 a door we put in like maybe like eight thousand a door into it and we refine it refinance at maybe like 72 a door okay 
yeah. in 12 months. Nice. That's awesome. Do you have any advice for other operators to, you know, find a deal like that? Where, where, where did you find it? Just be different. Don't, don't do what everybody else is doing. Like that deal was our second deal. We bought it uh, direct from the seller. Nice. Wow. Right. So yeah, I mean, yeah, just do things differently. I mean, if, if you're doing like same thing, what everybody doing, then you probably will get the same results. Right. Uh, if you're looking for deals uh, by, yeah, absolutely buy deals. I mean, especially for newbies, I think it's important to do be different because it's hard to, for newbies to get really good deals. Most of the time, if newbies are doing a deal, probably they're doing a normal deal or very, very, they overpay for a deal, right? Because all the senior guys are looking for really good deals as well. Yeah. So how did you contact that seller? You just tracked on their, their contact information and reached out and see? Yeah, we, we did cold texting. Okay. And this was five years ago. I mean, nowadays, a lot of people are doing cold texting. I do get cold texting, <laughs> email texting as well. But we tried cold texting. We tried uh, yellow letter marketing. We tried uh, call calling. Cold calling, we didn't try. But the other two, yes, we did try. But that was one of the plans to do cold calling as well. But we got a deal at that time. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. And what would you say is the worst real estate deal that you've done? Worst one probably is my first one where I didn't have a mentor. I bought a house and I realized my comps was completely wrong. So I probably lost like what, $3,000 on the house at that time. But I didn't even buy it. I just lost because we went under contract and we got out, right? So, but I didn't know, I didn't know how to underwrite deals at that time. But that was, that was my first tryout, I think, uh, to buy a, a rental house. Got it. And what was the uh, number one lesson that you learned from that? Is it, is it just... uh, get a mentor or okay. get educated first? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, I'm so smart. Okay. This house is like a thousand square feet. The other houses are 500. I just times the square footage to the, to the amount of uh, square. I, mean, I just times the rent. And I say thousand should be double, right? I use yeah, double, right? So, but I, I didn't realize, uh, you know, you have to understand the resident behavior. Not everybody's going to pay double just because you're giving them double the size. Mm, sure. Yeah. Right. So that was my mistake. And how did you teach yourself underwriting since then? Did you, was it the mentorship or did you teach yourself? The mentorship. Yeah. yeah. The mentorship and also like analyzing deals, you know, trying to figure out how does a resident think. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the whole thing about underwriting. Underwriting is just a representation of how your business plan going to work. Just basically how a resident would, would think of leasing in your place. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. What underwriting is. Awesome. So James, we're just about out of time here, but one final question, where can passive investors connect with you and learn more about your deals? Yeah, go to my website, achieveinvestmentgroup.com, A-C-H-I-E-V-E, achieveinvestmentgroup.com. There's a link called Invest With Us. You can go and register to be in my list. My book, I know I'm offering it for free for your audience. Uh, if I mean, you can buy the book in Amazon for 20 bucks or go to this website called PassiveInvestingInRealEstate.com, PassiveInvestingInRealEstate.com. You can get the book for free. There's a shipping for $4 or something, but you'll get the real book for free. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Well, cool. James, thanks for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. And have a great rest of your day. Absolutely. Thanks, Mark, for having me on your show. And I really hope I add some value to your audience and to you as well. Absolutely. Especially with that free book. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Mark Allen Kenny. If you're interested in apartment building investments, schedule a call with me so we can have a chance to chat. My company is focused on growing your family's wealth with apartment building investments. So let's hop on a quick call and talk about your investment goals and see if we're a good fit. 
Find out more at StellarInvestmentGroup.com.